Hello again, this is Ben Hopkin, and welcome back to my podcast, Acting Without the Drama, where we keep the drama on the stage and in front of the camera and out of our personal lives. So, today we're going to be talking about communication. After we spent last podcast talking mostly about magic, this time we're going to focus largely on the practical side of things, but don't get discouraged. While talking about the connection is a beautiful thing, and it's an important part of becoming a well-rounded actor, the communication part is so much fun to play with. There are so many things for us to discuss that I'm a little bit afraid that we might not have enough time in just one podcast. Uh, We'll see how it goes. So, also please keep in mind that what we're doing here is we're finding a way to discuss something that most of us don't really think about all that much, the way that we communicate. We're trying to find a way to describe something that happens anytime two people get together and start to talk. And you think about that for a minute. It's not something that we normally discuss. It's not something that we normally talk about, think about. Uh, And we're going to be paying a lot of attention to it. We're going to get in-depth about it. So the first question that I'm going to ask is this. What is it that makes us watch movies, television, or plays? Now, I've been asking this question of my students over the last decade, And the answers come back, and they're fairly similar most of the time. They say that we watch in order to be entertained, to escape our lives, to identify with the characters, to be moved, to learn, to grow, to be inspired. I mean, there's all of these answers. And all of these are true. But the simple answer to the question is this. What makes us watch is conflict. That's the hook. That's what draws us into the story. Think just for a second about sports. Whether or not you like sports, this will make sense to you. What are the sports that get us engaged? Football, basketball, soccer, I'm sure that the list is longer. But what is it that's different from those sports and, say, golf? Conflict. It's more interesting for most of us to watch sprints than it is to watch marathons. And why is that? Well, the reason why is because the conflict is clear and present in the sprints and not so much in the marathons. Why do we rubberneck when we go past an accident? Because we can feel the life and death conflict that's right there next to us. I mean, you know, you're passing by and you feel terrible when you do it, but you do it anyway. You can't help it almost. It's also the reason for the division between the films that appeal to men and the films that appeal to women, the typical guy flicks and the typical chick flicks. Men and women typically see conflict in a different way. If a man says to another man, I just got into a fight, what he usually means is there's blood on the floor. There was physical conflict. Films that appeal to men are filled with physical conflict. Tango and Cash is, (laughs) I don't know if you even know that film, but that's a, a really good example. The Die Hard films, those are really good examples of those kinds of films that have lots of physical conflict in them. Now, if a woman says to another woman, I just got into a fight, Most of the time, she's speaking of an intensely emotional conversation that just happened. And films that appeal to women deal much more with emotional conflict. Now, there's plenty of room for crossover, but the fact remains that conflict is the key to drawing us in as an audience. You can think of tons of films that appeal to both. (laughs) Maybe this is a bad example, but I loved Sense and Sensibility. And I know a lot of women that loved Fight Club. Because there was enough intellect in Fight Club to appeal to the women, and there was enough sort of masculinity to Sense and Sensibility to draw me in. So, 
what does this mean to us as actors? Again, going back to the practical application, what does this mean? How can we use it? Well, as actors, every time that we look at a scene, which is the basic unit of drama, comedy, anything that you're going to look at, we need to figure out what the conflict is. Figure it out and then heighten it. That's our job. The director should be helping us with it in terms of the overall vision of the piece. But it's our job as actors to find and go for the conflict in a moment-by-moment -moment way. The interesting thing about this is that we don't like to do it. Conflict makes us uncomfortable. We spend most of our lives trying to get away from conflict. And that's why I say all the time that one of our main jobs as actors is to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. It is a truism that is absolutely something that you want to incorporate into your art. If you're comfortable, you're probably not progressing. If you're uncomfortable, that's a really good place to be. And unfortunately, when we start getting into that uncomfortable place, a lot of times we sort of turn it outward. We turn it on the teacher or we turn it on our partner. It's everybody's fault but ours. When in reality, what's happening is we're growing, we're stretching. Think about the last time that you went to work out. You came away and if it was a good workout, the next day you're gonna be stiff, you're gonna be sore. That kind of growth and progress comes through a certain amount of discomfort on our parts. So, as actors, one of the things that we do is we try to make things too pretty. We try to make things perfect. How many of you guys, when you are looking at a script, start to find as many ways as possible to say each line? You try it this way and then you try it that way. I want to go to the store. I want to... I want to go to the, I want to go to the store. You try every possible inflection that you can find to try to find the right one. And the real thing is is that there is no right answer to it. It's whether or not it's connected in the moment to your partner and to the audience. That is the real question that we need to ask ourselves. Is it connected or not? We try to make our performances look like Michelangelo's David. Beautiful and perfect and also kind of stagnant in terms of it's not moving it's not there's no conflict there that's not acting acting is much closer to michelangelo's captives if you've ever seen his unfinished sculptures they're called the captives and the figures when you look at them they look like they're trying to break out of the stone uh, you'll see an arm here or a fist or part of a face that's looking like it's trying to break through the surface of the rough stone. It's kind of amazing. They're really amazing sculptures, and if you haven't seen them, go and try to look them up online or find uh, pictures of them because they're really incredible pieces of art. And that is acting. It's a struggle. It's a life-and-death struggle. And you'll hear me refer to that life-and-death struggle as we go through these podcasts. That's one of the things that when you are not finding that conflict enough, you just heighten the stakes. Is this life or death? Even though you're trying to get the girl, what does it feel like is going to happen if you don't get the girl? It feels like you're going to die. So, life and death. The next idea that I'm going to talk about is really closely related to conflict, even if it doesn't seem like it at first. So last time I talked about how important understanding relationships is to making the connection happen between the two actors. Now, once we're connected, where do we go from there? 
when you first pick up a script to start to look at the character you're going to be playing, there are so many things that you can focus on. What is the character's background? Where were they raised? What were their parents like? Who were their friends? How much money did they have growing up? What was their favorite color, favorite food, favorite book? The list of background questions can go on and on and on into infinity. And then we try to figure out what they think, what they feel, what turns them on, what turns them off. What do they wish for in the future? What are their views on the world? Now, it may surprise you to find out that what an experienced actor looks for first and then spends most of their time thinking about is really simple. Now, I'm going to stop for a second and I'm going to give you an example. This is an exercise that I do with my students many times. I start off the first class that I have with them and I say, okay, guys, I've hidden a key and I want you to go find the key. Now, I've hidden it somewhere in this room and I want you to locate it. I want you to find it and I want you to bring it to me. And I describe the key for them and I send them on their way and they'll sometimes ask me questions and they'll move around the room and they'll be frantically searching for this key and you've probably already guessed it, the key doesn't exist. There is no key. And then I have them do it again and I say, now this time I want you to recreate exactly what you did this last time and try to make it as perfect as possible. Try to go back and do every single thing that you did. Now this won't surprise you at all. As they go through this exercise, the second time doesn't feel real. And why doesn't it feel real? The first time that they were doing it, they wanted to try to find the key. The second time they were doing it, they wanted to try to recreate. So the first time it was a true want. It was a true objective, direct to the point. They were trying to find the key. And it was a real search. The second time, it was a fake search. They were trying to recreate the feeling that they had gotten that first time. What we need to do as actors is we need to figure out what the character wants. We need to figure out their objective. Sometimes it's called intention or motivation. Now, this is related to the conflict in the sense that once we determine what the conflict is, the objective will always be centered around that conflict. And let me try to explain this in a more clear fashion. We have two characters in a scene. We look at the scene about a married couple, and we figure out that the conflict is about whether or not this couple should have children. Now, that means that one of the characters wants is to have children, and the others is not to have children. It has to be that way. Otherwise, that's not really the conflict. We haven't really found it yet. If it seems like both of them want children, then the conflict has to be about something else. Maybe the timing of when they have the children, as an example. So, one spouse really wants children right now. The other wants to wait until they're more established. And so, the objective arises out of the conflict. Sometimes the conflict isn't even about what the characters are talking about at all. This happens a lot in Anton Chekhov's plays, which is one of the reasons that actors love working on Chekhov, and audiences sometimes get a little frustrated with it. They kind of get weirded out by it. They're not sure what's going on. And especially if the director and the actors haven't done their job, the audience really kind of gets bored. They're not hooked in. For the actors, it's a real challenge and a puzzle. What is this scene really about? You're getting into it. You're really trying to find that conflict. We have to delve. We have to work hard. 
But again, if the actors and the director haven't done their job well enough, the audience just simply won't be there with you. It'll feel to them like they're watching paint dry. So there is one more thing that we need to talk about. Just to clarify in terms of this whole objective thing. When you're normally talking about an objective sentence, most people as they're constructing one will formulate it like this. I want dot dot dot. And one of the problems with that is that you end up with something that is a little bit more vague than what we would like to have. So one final thing that I would like to do to help you to really get specific, because I really believe that good acting is specific acting. You want to make sure that you add two words into that little objective sentence of yours. And those two words will really help to clarify the whole objective idea for you. If I say, as an example, I want you to love me. That's my objective. I want you to love me. You can tell pretty easily that that's kind of hard for me to get behind and really push. How do I go about getting what I want when what I want is I want you to love me? It's vague. When I add the words to convince, now all of a sudden it gets really specific. If I want to convince you that you should love me, then we actually have an objective sentence that we can get behind and we can really push. The other thing that that does is it just clarifies and really hones us in on exactly what it is that we're going for. The minute that you open your mouth, you are trying to convince someone of something, always. Even if it's just to tell a joke, you're telling the joke so that you can convince the people around you that you're funny, that you're interesting, that you're worth listening to. So this is an idea that was actually taught to me by Richard Sear, who is the head of the graduate acting program at the Old Globe Theater in the University of San Diego. And it was an idea that really just solidified for me what that objective sentence was. It really helped to crystallize it. So we have talked about conflict and we've talked about objective. And knowing what the conflict is allows us to figure out what the character wants. Once we know what the character wants, we are grounded in the reality of the scene. That is not going to be enough for us. So as we go into the next podcast, what we're going to be talking about as we continue our conversation about communication, the next places that we're going to go is what is it that we can do to humanize ourselves and what is it that we can do to make sure that our performances are interesting. So we're going to go through those topics during our next podcast. Thank you for being with me again. I love doing this. I'm glad that you're here with me. And for homework for next time, I want you to start looking at plays in terms of finding the conflict and figuring out what the objective is. You can also start looking at arguments between people as you start identifying what they want. You'll start to see what that conflict is really about. And you'll see that many times it's not about what we think it's about. So go out and start to observe. Thank you for listening to our series, Creating Without the Drama. For more information about this podcast and many others, including writing without the drama, please go to www.creatingwithoutthedrama.com.